Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode is entitled, Home in the Office. So let's set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and we have spent the last 10 minutes talking about the internet. Yes, and we are our, our increasing bandwidth, which is so exciting. You know, the, it's the little things in the in the in the world that get us excited, but the bandwidth is one of those. Do you ever think two people our age would get excited about our internet connection? No, but but it's here. It's happening. Thing is, everybody can understand it because we've all been working from home, which this episode is going to be about having to live with not enough bandwidth. That's one of the big ones, that's for sure. So uh, let's just continue on. Greg and I have been managers for a long time. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations, how we've uh, tried to grapple with them. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting. I, I saw the delay and I thought, oh, let's just jump in here. Yes, we always have a good discussion. We know that. And that is our theme. That's our commitment. And uh, this one is something that we, we many, many, many of us experience. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. So home in the office, you're working within the home and you experience some or all of the following. What day is it? Your boss reaches out whenever they want to. There's no structure in your world. You are in your tracks or yoga pants all the time. What are your work hours? When does the work week end? How much do we know about each other, our families, home situations, and pets? So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, this is really tough. You know, I was listening to something the other day that said, you know, uh, uh, the when if this thing first started and people said, wow, only only two more weeks to go and then we'll be back. And then, you know, fast forward 18 months and we're still not back. And at first, I think, uh, although depending on who you were, your early experiences were this was cool. You know, hey, I don't have to do the commute. Hey. I don't have to uh, really get dressed up from the waist down, uh, you know, and all these really good things that were really positive about it. You know, you said yoga pants uh, or tracks. I'm shorts like I'm still hanging on to the shorts. Um, I have had a number of uh, meetings where I've worn a suit jacket and a dress shirt and shorts. Uh, but but at the beginning, it was like it was uh, it was good for many people. But then the lines begin to blur and if they're blurring uh, in and you're in control of the process, that's one thing. But I think uh, the combination of blurred lines and a lack of control and a lack of discipline of how do you create space, boy, it can get really, really tricky. And also our different work styles. You know, I was listening to a, another podcast, Adam Grant, and he was talking about how he's a morning person. But all the people that he works with are night owls. So they want to work 
starting at uh, at uh, um, I don't know two o'clock in the afternoon until ten o'clock, and he's he can't handle it. So he's trying to figure out how do we how do we manage that. So this might not even be your boss; it might be your peers who are calling you or wanting to connect at all kinds of different. So it oh, it gets tricky. Um, uh, it gets tricky, even in the more fluid work environment. It gets tricky. Well, I think this is the first episode we've recorded where I'm wearing jeans. Usually I'm with you. You know, I wear shorts. I think I've worn shorts in the last like 16 episodes that we've uh, taped. I was wondering whether, you know, what's the even utility of doing this uh, type of episode. But I don't think this is going away, Greg. I think, you know, whether people stay home or maybe drift into a hybrid model. I mean, there's some people that are going to have to go back to work at some point. But I think this is going to be a current topic for a long, long time in the future. And uh, I've gone on the record, I never wanted to work from home. And because of being sent home uh, at the beginning of the pandemic and then retiring and doing a bunch of contract jobs, I like working from home. Now, I think I need a little bit of a hybrid type of model uh, just to get me out of the house occasionally and, and to talk to other people you know, in person and stuff like that. But I think this is going to be topical for months, if not years ahead. Yeah, what I love is, that, first of all, I think you're right. I mean, you know, there were a number of organizations that were going back 100%, and now they've said, no, 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 hybrid, because the reality is people are saying, if you want me to come back, I'll go somewhere else. And, you know, the, you know, the great resignation is all over the place of what 67% are thinking of moving on to somewhere else. And depending on what you, the reports 52 to 67%. So, I mean, it's a lot of change, but uh, it also provides you with a really easy, and we're going to talk about this. I think there's just great opportunity to just lay out the ways of working, the rules that we're going to play with that still leave a lot of space for creativity and flexibility. Um, but uh, it, it's about having those conversations up front, what you need, what, what they need, and figuring out the plan. Cool. So what are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? The first one, think about the structure of work. Hmm. Tell me more about that for me. For me, that that is around. So really being pausing and say, how, how does work need to be done? Uh, when does work need to be done? Um, uh, with whom does work need to be done? And this give this is a perfect time to actually stop and review the way work is done. Um, what does success look like? You know, who do you feed into? Like really having a really great conversation because you may find some real efficiencies that, you know, things are built in for so long. So if you, if you actually pause and say, okay, if this is the new environment that we're working in, what's the best way of structuring this work? What, what's the best way? Uh, what's, what are the must-haves, nice-to-haves and whatever, you know, kind of thing. I, I think there's a really great, beautiful opportunity to talk about this. And also, most importantly, set those performance expectations up together uh, as to what great looks like in success in your role in this new structure. I like all that. I think the times of uh, you're working because I can see you sitting in a desk are gone. But this whole structure 
you know, when are our clients, when do they need us? When do we need each other? When are projects due? And once we have that structure, then we can figure out how are we going to, how are people going to work to get to that? I, I agree with you. It's a great time to have a conversation. And, uh, you know, the, I think we have to put some of that old stuff out and figure out, you know, you know, what is important to us and how are we going to get it done and how are we going to get it done together to whether our clients are internal or external to the organization, uh, how are we going to meet the need and get it done uh, in a decentralized way? Yeah. And you know what? I think it's a really kind of, I, I was talking to someone, uh, it's kind of a, a, an important point because I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying that what actually they're finding is that silos are growing in this remote um, because my team connects fairly regularly uh, in our little silo. So that's been pretty good. But what's happening is we're losing the enterprise-wide perspective. Um, and, and when you think about the structure work, that's really a great way of doing it. You know, I have this thing, uh, uh, it's almost like a, a job charter that, that often I create, you know, because job descriptions can be good, but often they're useless because they're overly detailed. I think we did a podcast on the job description somewhere along the line of, you know, what are the most important things? It's what do you own? Who do you connect with? What does success look like? But that who do you connect with is really a great conversation to have in this remote environment that says, uh, you know, like your work now feeds into Alistair's work. Uh, and and Alistair, what are your most important critical timelines that you require? And what are the keys to the delivery of my stuff that's important for your success? And why uh, is that? Why is that important to you? Having facilitating those dialogues to understand the connections um, is powerful because you've said it on I think almost all our podcasts. It's, it's all about relationship. And if I now know how my stuff fits into Alistair's stuff and what's important to him, and we're clear on that, hey, I'm going to be successful. You're going to be successful. We're going to be successful. So this structure flow, I think, is really, really important. And as a leader, you have the opportunity to lead and facilitate that. That's cool. I agree with that. And uh, it's important to respect people's space. You know, the facades at work and all that stuff, we're, uh, when we're talking to people now, especially if we're on camera, we're actually being invited into their homes, unlike before. So I think it's probably pretty important that we respect that, that, uh, you know, Greg and I, we record um, uh, analog. We are connected by Zoom. And so we can see into each other's houses. Now, Greg and I have known each other forever and uh, I don't clean up for him. I don't, I'm pretty sure he doesn't clean up for me, but we're in people's houses, right? It's very, whether they're walking around with a phone or a tablet or they're sitting down with their laptop and a, and a remote camera or whatever it is, we are in people's homes. And I think it's important that we remember that. Yeah. And I think uh, respecting people's uh, physical space and also their emotional space, where they're at, what they need. You know, again, I was interviewing, I was coaching someone this morning and he was talking about that his staff, uh, some work from home, some work in person, you know, some have very limited space, some have their own, you know, like it's, it's, it's no longer one size, well, it never was, but it's even more so not one size fits all. 
And, you know, um, unless, unless your space is important from a client perspective to see and respect or something like that, I don't know. Uh, I'm with you 100%. And you've already kind of touched on the last point and how important it is. Create an expectation for communication. Yeah, you know what? This is a this is something that um, I actually think I I can still do some improve upon this because I was just you know you and I at our, before uh, we started we we're talking about a couple of folks that I had communicated out and was looking for some feedback on, and uh, it's like dead air there's nothing coming back and uh, i so my first step is always to respect and you know uh, reflect on maybe they've got a lot going on which is really good but the expectation of communication what i found is really interesting is uh, finding out what is their best way to communicate uh and as a leader for each of your folks because i have a i have a one person that i know that really if you send an email um, good luck. You know, it's, you're never going to, you're never going to hear anything. Um, text is best for them. Um, and then finding the right, uh, one person it's WhatsApp is really the best thing they're always on. So if you need them, that type of thing. And so we've set some structure and said, listen, if there's something really, I just want to check in, I'll send it there, or I will highlight it and tell them, look at your email and here's the title of it. So, so that person that works really well. Another person, they don't look at their phone there, but they're on their email all the time. So that is something. So again, it's finding what is the best way to communicate between each other. Um, that's important. I was sitting here laughing, trying not to laugh while you're talking. So I was working this morning and uh, I was waiting for something to come back. And I get an email from you looking for one of your episodes from a couple of weeks ago from the Safe Brave Spaces podcast. And you asked, uh, you couldn't find it. And so I went into my uh, filing system and I sent it to you by Dropbox. And then you came back to me on a text to say that you had it. So I'm looking like we've done three different modes of communication, I think in about three minutes. And that's just the way we work, right? I mean, we're hitting each other from a whole bunch of different things, but that's the way we do it. And I could have sent it to you by Google Drive or something, but I, I like to send it to you by Dropbox because I know when you open it. So I know, okay, Greg's got it. He's seen it. But I just laughed when you were talking about, you know, modes of communication. Dude, the only thing we didn't do was talk on the phone this morning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, the other thing around communication that I think is really important is uh, the boundaries. Because, you know, in your first... And as you were talking about the things that can happen, I mean, the problem is that the blurriness of when's the workday is gone, um, but you can establish those boundaries. And, and, uh, and also as a leader, I mean, there's lots of work right now that they're talking about as a leader, don't send stuff outside of the work, start living the way and saying, you know, don't send anything outside of the normal workday. Um, or, or at least, or at least be really clear that it's not an expectation for them to look folks to look at or do anything about it until they come back, like really be crisp and clear around that. Um, and again, it comes back to understanding when I work, there's, there's uh, one person that I know that is not a morning person. And now since they've been working from, they don't really get going until 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, but they work till seven or eight. And, and folks know that, so they know not to expect anything. If there's a customer deliverable, they will get up and do the stuff and that type of thing. 
But, you know, it's like working in a global environment where people are around the world and it actually can be really effective if you understand what are our ways of communicating and what are those timelines around it as well. You've kind of hinted at the next point, model behaviors. As the boss, if you set the tone on how work is going to be done, how, you know, when when's a good time to send emails, when isn't, uh, how are we going to be treating each other on the team? It's just not... Um, us to our, our subordinates, but how we want everybody to actually deal with each other. So I, I think it's our job as managers or leaders is to model what we expect people to do. Yeah. And you know what? I would also say, I would, I would build upon that to say, you know, from a uh, health and wellness perspective and a mental health perspective and a boundaries perspective, there is nothing more powerful than a leader saying, listen, um, I'm recognizing the need to put boundaries around work and home. And I'm not sure if you're all struggling with it, but I'm having some, I find myself that I could work 24 seven. I love work, but I could work 24 seven, but I know that's not good for me from a, a health, the mental health, a, a family balance, all those kinds of things, it's not good for me. So here's what I'm just going to do. Um, you will see my uh, me go offline at this time. You know, I've I, I've shared with people that I've started to, to reestablish uh, Sunday Sabbath, uh, which not from a religious perspective, but from a concept perspective of not connecting with anything to do with work for a day. All the studies show that you need renewal, uh, and and actually as a manager, being able to say our leader saying, "Hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm trying." Um, help hold me accountable and all those type of things gives the freedom for someone to say, here's what I need to do. Well, that is our next point, right? Show concern for people's uh, life work balance, have talks about it. And, uh, you know, if I told you, Greg, listen, uh, every day from 12 to 1.15, I go for a walk. I put in my uh, AirPods and uh, off I go. And uh, listen, I'll be back at 1.15 if you need anything. So you know that, oh, that's what Alistair's doing to, uh, you know, kind of, get hold of what's going on in his situation. He needs to go for an hour walk or so every day. So I know between 12 and 115, he's not ignoring me. He's just out for a walk doing something, listening to a great podcast, like talking, not ranting. That's what he's doing, right? But I think those talks and, you know, if we understand what people are doing, like people that we work with, whether it's a subordinate or a team member, then that all makes sense. And also it encourages other people, you know, what am I doing to balance the load and making sure that I'm okay, that, uh, uh, this isn't infringing on work and you know, I'm getting work done and, and, oh, that's interesting. He goes for a walk at 12. Well, I don't want to go for a walk, but maybe I want to do something, you know, do uh, yoga in the morning, uh, you know, from 8.30 to 9.15 or whatever. I just think it's really important that we have conversations. And, and as a boss, I'd like to know, oh, okay, uh, you go for a walk with your kids after school from three to four. That's great. Okay. I know, I know if, if I need something or I'm looking for you, I know exactly where you are. I agree hundred percent. And, you know, the other one with here is setting expectations, you know, really showing concern for people's life and work balance and setting expectations. Cause I, I do find that, um, you know, there's a couple of things that can happen. One is if I'm a workaholic, why won't I, I think everybody else is, and, and it's not a, not bad or good. It's just, you know, we get into our modes and think, well, this is normal. Um, but again, again, it comes back to that. We've talked about this on every, almost every podcast is know your people, know the situations that they're in and what is realistic and what is right 
with regards to uh, expectations and then deliverables of that, because it's so easy to just push out on the boundaries of people's work-life balance. And, and all of a sudden people feel stressed and pressure to work uh, 15 hours a day uh, you know, or or more, just you know, because because they're it, it's there, and they know they got to get it done. But you know, as a, as a leader, you have the opportunity to say what's most important, help them prioritize, not overload them, um, and and by having that open environment of dialogue, then you know, if something's getting too much, let's talk about it, like you said. And we need to be flexible, and I think that's been in most of the points that we've talked about already. Um, you know, this, people are dealing with a lot of stuff at home and we need to be flexible. And if we communicate and as boss, we say, okay, deal with whatever you have to deal with. This is what we're working on at work. And this is kind of the timeline we're working for. What can I do? Uh, what can we do together to make sure we get that timeline, but at the same time to help you balance what's going on in your home situation. Yeah, no, I agree. And it is that upfront conversation that you talked about, right? It's about, about saying, here's what's needed. Here's what's when it's needed. Here's here's why that is true. Now, how do we figure this out to get it done within the constructs of what you're personally going through or what you know what your space is? And I think if you have those conversations up front and you align to them, then if something doesn't meet the aligned expectation, then you can go back and say, hey, what happened? You know, what do we need to adjust? Because stuff happens uh, and going forward. But again, it's creating that you know, my language, safe, brave spaces uh, for people to be able to have those conversations and to push back and to uh, find the best, pathway, best pathway forward. As employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist. And uh, as we discussed with uh, on the manager side of things, structure your day as if you're going into the office. And I'm not saying this that we, to be rigid or anything, but it's that it's very easily for uh, your work to flow into your personal life if there isn't a little bit of structure. And that structure hopefully will assist you in, in making a difference between working at home and doing everything else you do at home. Yeah. And you know, like simple things like start days, breaks, um, uh, uh, lunch, and end of day. I mean, lots of people just have a routine of shutting their computer is the end of the day, like locking their office or shutting the door. Um, blocking off hard to move spaces in the day, even if they're short bursts of 15 minutes and 20 minutes, we know that um, performance and productivity skyrockets when you have mini breaks that allow you to stretch and move forward, breathe and 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 go ahead. Um, you know, so those are all things that you can structure in your day, um, and then declare what your structure is. Absolutely, and use the flexibility, but don't let it turn into all the time you need the clock out. So yes, we need to be flexible to deal with whatever we're dealing with in our home life. And in our, you know, kind of maybe our inner family life, but um, be careful about that happening all the time because then you get that mission creep, right? Where work ends up creeping into all sorts of aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I I often uh, um, suggest engage those around you. My commitment is do this. If you're seeing it, 
you know, help me see it too. Cause uh, you know, it's like the frog in the water, the heat keeps up going. And by the time it's too late, right. The typical story of that. So, uh, and if you can make it fun, that's even better. You know, like, I think we've talked about this before, but you know, uh, give, give each of your family members yellow cards, like in soccer to place it on your computer that, you know, it's a warning kind of thing or whatever you decide to do, make it fun so that you don't get peeved off at each other. Because, you know, if you ask for accountability in your family, sometimes that can be a little crunchy. <laughs> yeah. And the re the whole purpose of this point was you need to clock out at some point yeah. and uh, flexibility is great. But then if, you know, if next, you know, it's your work is spilling into all sorts of things and, you know, you're working over 14 hours at, at one point or another during a day, then that's what I, I get concerned about, about working at from home without those kind of boundaries. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, some people are being very creative. Um, I think I have mentioned that I, uh, I decided that uh, community and a little bit of exercise was important. So I have blocked off Friday mornings from 7.30 to 9.30 or 10. And I go nine nine holes of golf with my friends, but then I've got the rest of the day. So I, and I know other people who have uh, blocked off two or three hours in the middle of the day um, uh, and when, and they're able to, and then they work from uh, six till nine at night, you know, as long as it, as long as it's that total accumulation of hours that you talk about that you really got to watch for. So I just want to replay what you said there. Friday mornings, you go golfing with some of your friends and just an added note. And sometimes I get to go as well. Yes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. You weren't a part of the original group, but you are the alternate for sure that joins us. Second or third alternate. Let's be, let's yeah, be honest probably. with this. Second, third, second alternate, I think, yeah. And let people know if you're dealing with domestic stuff. Often we're dealing with guilt and we're worried about accountability and if you, you know, or you're working through to make everything happen, then uh, uh, just let people know that that's what you're doing. Just, you know, the, the disclosure that you're balancing a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, I love about that one is that um, also as an employee, uh, be aware of uh, others may be going through that as well, either peers and or your boss. And, and I think, you know, uh, one of the things that... Um, we can develop our, our skills on is just being more present in the moment. I know I can and noticing things. So I was actually in a meeting yesterday and, you know, there's one person there that really just seemed a bit sad. You know how you, if you're really present and I was struck by that, I saw it and I said, Hey, uh, uh, what's happening. I just noticed there's a bit, you know, you're, uh, you know, you, you seem a bit quieter than normal. And uh, is there anything we can do to help support? And the person opened up and actually it was just a churning uh, conflict that they were going through and they weren't sure how to approach something. And then collectively within five minutes, we came up with two or three little suggestions that a lot helped her, both others empathized and said, oh, that, that happened to me just recently. Here's something that I tried that was helpful. It was so powerful. Uh, but, but it, it would, you know, if, if you can be open and saying, Hey, I, I, I'm trying to figure this out and uh, I'm struggling with this, either with your boss or with others. Um, and does anyone have any ideas? Oh, there's so much power in reaching out, um, because there's a lot more shared experience now 
that people will have uh, new ideas as well. That's cool. And uh, kind of going along with that is workout expectations. If uh, you're dealing with, uh, you know, long-term child issues or, you know, elderly parents or neighbors or whatever you're dealing with, um, then uh, it's best to work it out ahead of time and say, hey, listen, this is what my situation is. And uh, I just want to make sure that uh, we all know where each other stands and I need to know what my expectations are. You know, what can I expect and support from you guys? I think it's just great to, to work that out. Yeah, you and I have talked about almost every podcast. The power of clarity up front and awareness up front is so helpful because if, if we don't have that, we'll make up our own stories. And talk out stuff like... If I say something to you, Greg, and and that's it, you don't say anything back to me, and then you walk away and go, okay, Alistair, he just doesn't understand the situation. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Not if you don't talk back to me and say, hey, listen, Alistair, yeah, I know this is what we want to do, but this is what's going on, and and you know, I have these other deliverables as well. So can you know, can we just talk about this and figure out what's going to work for for all of us? So. Uh, like going away and, and being angry or a little ticked off with somebody because they're not listening to you or they don't know the other side. Well, then give them the other side and, and just you, you have to talk out stuff. And especially in COVID when you don't see each other and you just can't have those random conversations. Oh, Alistair looks like he's in a not bad mood. Maybe I'll talk about it now. I mean, it's just a lot harder in this situation. I agree. Greg, wrap up. Yeah, I just with this one, it is so, so tricky. And you you started out by saying, you know what, Uh, this idea of home in the office is here to stay in some form or another. Um, And it is really important that we uh, have a clear understanding of the boundaries and expectations and behaviors amongst this uh, new place or we can easily be sucked into gazillion hours a week um, impacting on your personal life and you know over uh, what what happens is that over time you break and you have to go somewhere where else and sometimes the solutions are right in front of you if you just shared and said here's what I'm going through here's what I like Uh, and having that conversation. So I just think this is really important. And as with everything else, it is about um, know yourself and what you need to put into place, engage others in helping you manage those boundaries and put those things into place that are going to make you help you to be most effective working from home. Uh, And then do uh, regular check-ins just to see how well you're doing against it. Because you know, again, those lines get blurry, we slip again, we make a commitment. Um, And sometimes that's having that accountability partner, you know, in your home office that helps you uh, see the big picture, you know, uh, because sometimes you don't see I remember this is less about home office, but I remember one job I had, I was sharing with with others that, you know, I was away from the house probably about uh, at least 20% a week. And my wife just looked at me and with a quizzical look. And she said, you were actually traveling 50% of the time. And I didn't even think about it. So you lose sight of what is really happening. And so you need those accountabilities, those reality uh, folks to help you uh, hold strong to the things that are going to allow you balance 
um, uh, in this new environment because that, that will extend your healthiness and your impactfulness uh, if you do that. I like this topic because I'm living it right now. Um, this was not my thing, working from the home. And like everyone else, I've had to deal with it. And a lot of the stuff we're talking about, these are things that I'm dealing with right now because I'm not used to it. Greg, I, I think you worked from the office uh, a fair bit before COVID uh, when you became a consultant and a coach. But uh, I, I find this is a real live topic for me. And I'm learning as I go and learning to communicate. And uh, in a couple of the places that I've done some work, I'm by far the oldest person. So that puts another angle into it as well. And uh, so having to grasp the significance of technology, certain types of technology has been very important to me, but this is something that I'm learning about firsthand. And uh, I do like working from the home, although I would like to move to a more hybrid model at some point, depending on what I'm doing and who I'm doing it for. But uh, I think everybody's dealing with this. I don't think it's going away, Greg. I think a lot of people um, like it. Um, like I, I've, I'm saving myself three hours a day and commute mm -hmm. just where I was working, you know, plane trains and automobiles. It, it was a long commute back and forth. And, uh, you know, I structure my day, like I'm going to work, although I get to sleep in a little bit more, but, uh, I, I do like it. Uh, there are some downfalls to it. And I, my role, I think right now, where I am right now is to figure out, okay, what are those? How do I need to address them? Uh, you know, address them with the people I'm working with. How are we going to work this out? And uh, I, I think this, I think there's a lot of benefits to this. I think it's the reality. So we're going to have to work together to make it work as well as possible. So I think this is a great uh, topic. And uh, are people sick of hit, uh, hearing about COVID? Yeah, but the reality is I think we're still a lot of us going to be working from home at least part of the time. So this is an ongoing topic and something that we need to continually uh, address and talk about. Yeah. And as a manager, it's a great thing to just open up the discussion, you know, well, now it looks like we're going to be here for a while. Maybe it's time to just to revisit some of the things that we, how we work and how we best communicate and that type of thing. And what are the things you're most worried about and how do we help support you in those things? You know, it's, it's just a beautiful opportunity to kind of reset um, as we, as we find the new way forward. So, uh, um, and the best way to do that is having a dialogue, talking it out. And I seem to spend a lot of time designing how my desk functions, my friend. I've got two laptops, two screens, I got a lot of stuff going on. So I never thought that I would be the guy that's kind of diving into some tech here and figuring out how to get everything done that I need to get done. But uh, Greg, I'm starting to turn into that guy. Yeah, well, you know, you just never know what happens, right? Greg and I were talking internet speeds before we turned on the mic. That's what we've become, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, we hope that some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you really angry. But Greg, your philosophy. Yeah, the philosophy that I share at the end of each of our podcasts that I originally learned in coaching. And now I try to create this same space with the folks that I coach with is that we hope that folks leave with a, a little bit of joy, you know, making uh making uh, uh, traction, feeling good about some things you're doing, and maybe a little bit of churn 
of something that you might have disagreed with, or maybe something that you know you're not, you're not moving along as well as you should. Both are good. It's just what you decide to do with it and how you decide to learn from it and grow from it. So we always say that we hope that we create a little bit of joy and maybe even a little bit of churn as long as it leads to growth uh, and learning. So um, that's uh, how we always like to end our, uh, our podcast. So I thought, Greg, we would end with a bit of a shout out. We're always going to shout out to Columbus. You're catching up to the hometown Oakville very, very quickly. But today we'd like to also shout out to Montreal, Quebec. Welcome to the club. That is great. I love that. Uh, you know, uh, we are having uh, uh, folks from around the world and it's nice to have other folks uh, across Canada joining us as well. I love Montreal. Uh, actually, I was just talking to someone yesterday, a coaching a couple of coaching clients that are out of Montreal. Um, I love uh, the city, the province and uh, welcome. Yeah, we went back there. Uh, my wife was born there and she hadn't been back like forever. And we had to go back. It was a very somber occasion. We went for a funeral, but I hadn't been there in years. And man, just the vitality of the place, it was happening and great restaurants. And we didn't get to stay for very long, but man, man, it was, uh, it was very nice to visit there and people were great. Uh, so to our friends in Montreal, thank you very much for dropping in. Yeah, merci. I've, I've just started my Duolingo again because uh, I love the French language and I, I lost a lot of it. So uh, both my wife and I, whose my wife's background is French, are back on that. So, hey, maybe uh, we'll be able to do a little subsection uh, with En Français. I'm afraid you're going to have to do that because I am not gifted in languages <laughs> at all, unfortunately. <laughs> So thanks, folks. And remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.